Advancing innovative research, academic excellence, and family-centered care to transform outcomes for children around the world. Children's Mercy Kansas City presents the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host Dr. Michael Smith. Our topic today is Beyond Adverse Childhood Events, Early Intervention for a Positive Impact. My guest is Dr. Lisa Spector. Dr. Spector is the medical director of the Sexual Assault Nurse Examiner Program and director of Beyond ACES Program at Children's Mercy. Dr. Spector, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, thank you for coming on. What qualifies as an adverse childhood event or experience? Well, there's an initial landmark study done years ago called the Adverse Childhood Experiences Study, the ACES Study, um, one of the largest investigations done to examine the links between adverse childhood experiences and health. And the common ones that they used to address adverse childhood experiences were child abuse, for example, sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, as well as household dysfunction. So they categorized that in terms of alcoholism or drug use in the home, loss of a biological parent, mental health illness of a parent in the home, um, a mother treated violently, so intimate partner violence, or an imprisoned household member. And that has expanded over the course of, of years to include other things like accidental injuries, like a dog bite, for example. It could be an adverse childhood experience, the one experienced in, in, in youth, as well as um, a significant mental, I mean, medical or mental illness in a child or somebody within their home. And this goes on. So with, with, with these events or experiences, the adverse event or experiences, how, how common is it for children, you know, who have gone through this or are going through this to develop, you know, speech-language problems or sleep disturbances or even harmful food behaviors? Yeah, it's unfortunately pretty common. Every child is different. You know, it depends upon what they've experienced throughout their lives, however short it may be, the number of adverse childhood experiences they've experienced, for example, and uh, at the hands of or how the quality of adverse childhood experiences. So, Physical abuse, for example, may be more significantly impacting a child than an accidental injury, for example, or vice versa, depending upon the severity of the incident. So every child is different, and it depends upon the trauma and the number of trauma and the severity of the trauma, basically. When we look back at the first 100 kids that we've seen in our clinic, about 53% of them had a language delay, and 55% of these, mind you, had at least four or more adverse childhood experiences. 15% 15% of them had learning disabilities, 16% were diagnosed as obese or overweight, 31% had PTSD, and 30% had an, another anxiety-related disorder. So so when, when you see all this, I mean, obviously, I know a concern for you then is, you know, developing, you know, unhealthy coping mechanisms in, in the, in the, as they're experiencing these adverse events. I mean, what, what are some of those unhealthy coping mechanisms that, you, that you've seen in, in kids that have come to your clinic? Well, we usually focus on the zero to six aged children. So a lot of times what we're seeing are behavioral manifestations of their trauma. Um, so whether they're avoiding certain situations or they're hypervigilant or they're responding to the world in an aggressive way. If you think about our fight, flight, or freeze response, that is normal part of our bodies and our brains when we're exposed to something traumatic, when kiddos are continually exposed to something traumatic or adverse, they're overactivating that part of their brain and they tend to respond in that way to things that aren't threatening or scary. So you see that over um, activation of that flight, 
that flight response. So that kids might be appear to be um, hyperactive because they're constantly moving about or they're taking off and running away from teachers at school, or you see it in the fight response. So they're overly aggressive, they're having extreme temper tantrums, um, as well as regard to eating. So sometimes kids, if they've experienced food insecurity in their home, we see that food is an issue for them, that they're hoarding food or they're stealing food from school or they're going to school and lying and saying they didn't have breakfast so they can continue to get more food. And that's also part of our stress response system that our brain's activated to want to eat because we need to um, have the calories and the energy to do that fight, flight, or freeze response. And so, so, so the the clinic beyond Aces Clinic, right? That, how how many children have you um, seen in this clinic since it started? A little over two hundred. And with that experience, what what have you identified as some of the difficulties in caring for these children? Very good question. A lot it spans. Everybody's a little bit different, but commonly language delay um, or speech delay is an issue for these kiddos, depending upon the environment in which they were raised as well, um, and or genetic disposition to speech or language delay. We also see um, food insecurity or, or issues regarding food. So like I said, hoarding food or or taking food from other kids at school. Um, constantly wanting to eat, constantly wanting to know when is this next food event going to happen and what is going to be the food item at that time. Um, we see a lot of kids who have excessive temper tantrums, and managing those temper tantrums as a caregiver can be really challenging. So one of the things that we typically do is refer kids to an evidence-based, the child and the caregiver, to an evidence-based parent training program, which will help them manage those temper tantrums and that aggressive behavior, if that's the case. You know, Dr. Spector, from, from the family's perspective, you know, if you here you have a child who may be in an environment where there's alcohol or drug, there's emotional abuse, how, how do you actually, you know, in your clinic, how do you identify that child and, and, and how do you get them started in um, your program? Yeah, as this landmark study filters through the medical world, Excuse me. Become as people become practitioners, become more and more aware of adverse childhood experiences and the impact that they have, not only on children when they're young, but in children when they get older and, and as adults. People are beginning to ask more of those questions and be more cognizant of that impact, um, which I think is the key to then understanding or unlocking some of the symptoms that we see in these young children and children as they get older. So it's a savvy caregiver who feels comfortable um, asking those questions. And there's different practices across the country who are implementing screens and adverse childhood experiences, both for caregivers and for children. And I think perhaps as that becomes more common over time and people become more comfortable with it, we'll be able to glean more of the information and the impact that it's making on our patients. And, and lastly, Dr. Spector, maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about the Beyond's ACES Clinic. You know, what are the goals in managing the care of these patients? Um, you know, w- do you foresee a Beyond ACES Clinic throughout the country, at least at major medical centers? I mean, what, what, what do you, where do you see this going? What are the goals now, and what are the future goals? Well, we modeled this clinic after uh, the gold standard evaluation for kids with autism, because sometimes kids experienced adverse childhood experiences and excess, they can look a lot like kids with ADHD or they can look sometimes like kids with autism. 
So we have a team approach. Myself, a developmental behavioral pediatrician, um, a speech and language pathologist, an occupational therapist, and a social worker to really provide that comprehensive evaluation of traumatized children to make sure that we're addressing all of the issues that might um, come up for that child and make sure that they have the greatest, um, that they can move beyond that adversity into a brighter future. So we work with the kiddos to do developmental testing and testing for speech and language and fine motor and gross motor testing. We um, will interface with the schools or advise families to get an IEP and or talk to schools to modify IEPs if we think that might be helpful for the child to move forward. And additionally, we help them obtain additional services if needed, um, refer them to parent-child interaction therapy or another modality that's evidence-based, parent-child therapy. And we'll continue to follow them if need be, whether that's on a yearly basis or on an ongoing basis, especially for young kiddos if we think that medication might be might help them as they go through the parent training model. Well, Dr. Spector, I want to thank you for the, the work that you're doing. It obviously is incredibly important, and I know you have a passion for it. And I want to thank you for coming on this show. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you can go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Michael Smith. Thanks for listening.